Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Do or do not. There is no trap. You think that's air you're breathing in? Are you ready? Are you waking up? Because you're listening to the Urban Yogi Podcast with Will Blunderfield. Trey Lyon is the founder of Fuck Yeah! Friendly Fire, originally a porn blog established on Tumblr in 2011 as the leading edge source for heteroflexible pornography, amassing one quarter of a million followers. Today, Fuck Yeah! Friendly Fire can be found on X, formerly known as Twitter, with a followership of over 230 thousand at fuck yeah or fy friendly fire spelt with that y f y r e trey is a sex positive advocate who challenges the narrative that the human sexual experience is shameful and his writing focuses primarily on fluid sexuality swinging and other forms of non-monogamy as well as the destigmatization of integrating pornography fully into one's sexuality He's been featured on Dan Savage's The Stranger, MEL Magazine, Fleshbot, and YourTango.com. Trey models a life of sexual self-acceptance, supporting men and women in rejecting sexual shame. Welcome to the show, Trey. Thanks. Now, I have to ask you, and I might cut this just to protect your identity. Your real name is not Larry Lyon, is it? No. Okay, because there was this guy who kind of looks like you, and I came across his work, and he was talking a lot about sexual fluidity and something called pomosexuality. I don't know if you're familiar with that word, postmodern sexuality. It was back in like 2007 or something when I was at university, and he's he was living somewhere in the states. And anyway, there's a you've got a doppelganger out there <laughs> with with the That's same crazy. last name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Larry Lyon. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Check out his work. I'm not sure if he's still active or not, but yeah, at the time he was. I'll have to. That's too big of a coincidence. Totally. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I like, I hardly have people on the show these days. I've been focusing more on coaching men one-on-one and teaching voice lessons and singing. And so it's only when I find like somebody like really cool and interesting that I'm like, I want to have them on the show. And you were that guy. So thank you so much for saying yes. Yeah. Yeah, I used to kind of really. Thank you. Yeah, I used to kind of religiously do the show like once a week, but now it's like only if it's if it's a real like, oh, I really want to talk to this person, you know? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm down for that. Sweet. So tell me, um, what city are you in again? I'm in Austin, Texas. Nice. Yes. The sort of spiritual vortex of Texas, it feels. I keep meeting really yeah. lots of cool people from there. Yeah. And you started fuck yeah friendly fire on tumblr correct mm-hmm. and tumblr then changed their community guidelines and then no longer could people put erotica on there is that right yeah that sucks it seems <laughs> yeah it does suck um it seems to not have hurt them too bad although i mean i'd say that the the uh <clears throat> company went from being valued at like what when yahoo bought it like a billion dollars or something to like i think it was like tens of millions of dollars or something by the time they oh my god so um yeah it's so crazy i I wonder why they they did that because OnlyFans was trying to do that too 
I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was very loudly against that, tagging them and calling them out oh, about nice. that when that was going on. Oh, thank you for yeah speaking out. I was speaking out too because I was like, oh my god, like I just had amassed this following and it was a good source of income. And they're like, no, you can't have porn, uh, adult content. I was like, no. But then thankfully, a couple of weeks later, maybe due to the pressure, they switched it back to how it initially was. And I was like, yeah. Femme fans is known for sexual liberation. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, they 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 have since cracked down. From what I I see performers yes. complaining all the time on on Twitter, but. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so apparently they still have cracked down in a way that's annoying. Like every yes. single person that's in a video with you has to be an OnlyFans person, which is yes, unless you it. get them to fill out this like paperwork thing, and then you have to yeah. tag them. But it is there's a lot of rigmarole, and uh, you know, same with Pornhub. Uh, I use Pornhub to kind of promote my my work because it's really the only place where you can upload nudity without being censored. But they've cracked mm -hmm. down too. It's like you have to have like all this paperwork if you have a guest on your channel and stuff. And I can see from one angle, it's like, okay, you know, so it protects people. But at the same time, it is, they are cracking down, especially OnlyFans. They seem to be, you know, very strict. Like you can't have urine on OnlyFans yet. On Fansly, you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All these little and things. It, yeah. It's, it really must come down to the credit card companies. You know, mm. they say the credit card companies that, kind of are, have too much power in this situation so i think you're right i think that yeah i think they're afraid of the the credit card companies so totally yeah no it yeah. could totally be that but i want to i want to ask you how do you mind saying how old were you when you started fuck yeah friendly fire on tumblr um i was in my mid-20s yeah cool. i mean i'm i'm closer to 40 now <laughs> nice nice so you've been doing this yeah. for a while yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And is yeah, it just yeah. the curation of adult content? Or you were also, I think I found online, you're also writing a blog as well for a time, eh? Yeah, exactly. So right now, I mean, I guess to the casual viewer that stumbles on what I do on Twitter, on X, formerly Twitter, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it probably just looks like porn curation for the most part. But um, yeah, I started out blogging um on the tumblr platform like you mentioned and cool um yeah i was doing that until um as, as you just said tumblr went all anti-porn and you know started going and shutting down accounts i was actually on the front end of that and woke up like a couple days before my birthday mm. and they <laughs> uh you know, suspended my account. And at that time we didn't, we had no warning that any, that, you know, the Tumblr was changing anything mm. regarding, you know, adult content. And so it was so crushing. Cause I was like, what happened? I, you know, I didn't do anything. I wasn't breaking the rules. Right. And I, you know, I lived for months with, you know, like feeling like my, my people don't know what happened. I, you know, and so um, anyway, then of course we found out, you know, less than six months later that, Tumblr was just getting rid of it all. And so we were just kind of on the front end of that, I think, is one of the bigger accounts. Oh, my God. Yeah. Trey, I'm, I just have to stop you. I need to make sure I'm just double checking that it's recording your audio. You can hear me OK, right? Mm-hmm. I can. OK, because I'm seeing output level and it's not it's not like when you speak, nothing is coming out. But I'm assuming I'm just going to trust that it's all working. <laughs> I, you know, we've had some weird uh, things when we were on X, remember? And then like it didn't record or it, like nobody could hear us. Yeah. It's like the Matrix um, doesn't want people knowing about this. But I, yeah. I am recording 
and it, it should will, work. And it is recording on Zoom. I mean, Zoom should have the audio. Let's it see. should, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've done this before on this method, right? So I have, yeah, so many yeah. times, but I just can't. <laughs> your output level, it's not moving at all. So, but you know what? I can hear you. Does that so have that... anything to do with what you changed earlier at all? Or no? no, no, I just turned you down ever so slightly in my earphones, but it shouldn't. Uh, Shouldn't be an issue. So let's just hope okay. <laughs> that there's no, <laughs> no fuck ups. We don't want that again. But uh, anyway, so we were talking about your Tumblr and when it was like near your birthday, you said, and then they shut it down in terms of the porn pornography. What did you do then? Like, did you go to Twitter right away? Well, I, I, I had already had a Twitter account. Actually, the, the current Twitter account that I have is a newer one that, that, I, that I got in twenty. 21 just a um, couple years ago but before mm -hmm. that I had, I had had a different account that um, had been open alongside my tumblr but it was literally never updated because I was putting so much time and effort into tumblr and I mean mm -hmm. I I used to put a shit ton of time into my blog I mean right that's why people that have been around so long really I think are partially frustrated <laughs> it's a different experience now because I gave away so much of my time to a detriment to my life, actually, professionally, back when I was in my early uh, 20s. And right. so, um, yeah, I used to spend a shit ton of time just blogging. And um, nowadays, it's more abbreviated. But anyway. I see. So yeah. in, in the Tumblr days, it was curating and then it was like commenting on underneath the photos kind of stuff. Like you yeah. would do it's, paragraphs it's, about and essays. Yeah, like I would just kind of review a clip, you know, and the the brand really is, you know, um, hetero flexible mm. content, uh, adult that. content that um, focuses, you know, primarily on, um, well, it's female focused sex with nice. featuring, you know, multiple men. So the idea really was just to kind of destigmatize. Um, same-sex proximity and collateral contact in female-focused group sex and really just to really just to show men that they could be masculine and confident and powerful sexually and, and in situations where there are other men involved and they could be affirmed by these men and not feel like it's some threat to their masculinity or sexuality fuck um, yes which I feel like you're probably in alignment with. <laughs> totally, totally. That's totally yeah. like all about so, what I'm, I'm all about as well. Yeah. Um, so just really wanting to kind of help contribute to the lessening of homophobia in the world, really. It started yeah. out actually much more selfishly. I, I got tired of having to go to all these different tube sites and forums and blogs. And like back in like, you know, 12, 15 years ago, that was when like all these you know blogging these different social media platforms were popping up and so like the porn uh. sharing the porn sharing community got kind of splintered and so i got mm. frustrated because i was like i can't I, I can't find all the shit that i like right. just the shit that i like in one place so i was like let me just create this little blog on tumblr where i'll just dump all my stuff and i'll just talk about it or whatever fuck yeah it's like being the change you want to see in the world yeah yeah and so what it then ended up becoming was like this method for manifesting as you're just saying like manifesting the kind of porn that i wanted to see in the world and the kind of sex that i wanted to see in the world and, and started you know becoming this platform that i could use to de-stigmatize 
just natural human humanity. Right. <laughs> really, you know. What was it like for you growing up? Did you grow up in Austin, Texas? I didn't, but I've I've always grown up in Texas, yeah. Okay, cool. So you, you've always been a Texas boy. Was it yeah. super conservative? I remember like reading, like I'm from, I was in Vancouver, Canada. And I was like reading a news article when I was like 16 about like how in Texas, you're not allowed to like bring dildos into the, um, uh, the state. Is that true? Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't believe that could be true though. Cause we get a lot of dildos. In oh, you do. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah, it was like back them. in the day or maybe it's just a rumor. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm sure that law is on the books somewhere in this country. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was it like growing up? Was it quite, were you brought up in like a religious upbringing? Um, I certainly was brought up with like a traditional Southern Black American family. Mm. Um, I, um, my, my mother certainly was very religious, but she also kind of had anxiety about church people, which saved oh. us from thankfully it saved us from having to go to the church she denied this tooth and nail but um <laughs> i i tell her that i suspect that she didn't want to go to church because i was like a little queer kid you know they didn't know what to oh. do with me me as a black kid and like you know just i was also very intelligent and spoke very articulate and would ask really like adult questions and <laughs> i was just a i was just a very mature kid right so I, for like parent, my parents that grew up in like rural Mississippi in the civil rights, you know, Jim yes. Crow era, I, I feel like I was my, I was probably a, a handful of them, but you know, she, she claims that that had nothing to do with it, but I don't know. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah, but definitely grew up in a household where like, uh, I, I, sex was not shamed whatsoever. Like my mother That's always good. made it clear that I could come up to her and, you know, ask her questions, which I did growing nice. up and she and she never you know shamed me for asking questions so that was great you That's know but really good. There, there there was um you know this element of homophobia you know um that ran my family growing up um mm. because i think my 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 mom didn't know that she was raising a little you know bisexual kid but she could tell mm. that i was not like most the other boys that she certainly had ever mm. <laughs> known about you know <laughs> right so yeah when was your first sexual experience? Oh, um, I guess that depends on what you can consider sexual experience. When was the, like, can you remember the first time you did something intimate with a woman and the first time you did something intimate with a male? Yeah, so the male was first and then the woman, the female would have been um, after. Cool. So, yeah, like... It, the I guess early teen years mm -hmm. with um, another boy my age and then where yeah, was the I setting camping <laughs> nice camping yeah. light camping witch huh did you say camping lighthouse oh boy scouts Oh, Boy Scouts yes oh my gosh yeah. yes I was yeah, in yeah, like yeah. Cub Scouts which is kind of similar yeah. Yeah. I was, a, I was a Cub Scout. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I remember like, um, we would like be camping and then there's this, did you remember like there's the sixer and the seconder and then the people like in each little group, but like the, the head boy of each group is called the sixer or maybe that's just a Canadian Cub Scout thing. Oh, maybe so. I, I'm not familiar, but 
but I'm was also it, definitely like a Boy Scout dropout and not somebody who's an yes. authority on it. Oh whatsoever. yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. But I just remember like I had a huge crush on my sixer, like the, on the, on the head, but I think he was like a few years older than me. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of homoeroticism, I think in, in, uh, in Cub Scouts, but, uh, yeah. So, so tell me what, how did it go down? Oh, we're very interested in this. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, um, uh, explore it, ex- explorative experience with, um, curious, teenagers yeah just basically was um a mutual masturbation kind of thing and like sharing like that was the first time somebody else had ever masturbated me and so nice and do you do you remember if you guys ejaculated um i I, we did well yeah i remember that because i remember my friend like i i was a slow developer i didn't hit puberty until like (laughs) like an 18 i'm i'm sure um so this guy um um that was in scouts with me he was like my age but had like mm-hmm. a way bigger and i mean like we ended up we ended ah. up reconnecting as we both lived, were in another country uh in, in college actually the oh. same country at the same time and um I remember seeing his dick again and I was like, wow, that his dick really was huge. Like I, I remember, <laughs> I remember correctly. That's beautiful. Back then. Yeah. And was he like chill about it? Like he didn't go into any sort of homophobia stuff? No, he was, he was like out as gay, like back with, back. Okay. This, oh, cool. Oh, good for him. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then with the female, how, how did that go down? Um, she was, that, that went down as a mutual friend of like a fraternity brother. Um, cool. yeah, my like best friend in college, he started dating a gal, um, like right, um, uh, like right away, like as soon as we got to college, started dating her and she brought along her best friend and, you know, we connected and that was fun. It was fun. Like having sex in a vagina for the first mm. time like <laughs> which was which has always been something that I've always known was my sexuality like I've, I've always watched straight porn I've always been attracted to female bodies and body parts and um so for me like finally after being a kid like growing up looking at porn like I was I mean I've been watching porn for forever and so mm. for like for me getting to finally like do the things that I saw in porn and like not to just like toot my own horn but I actually think like I did I was doing a pretty good job for like a, a noob at the time because like I had watched so much porn growing that's up. fucking awesome yeah how yeah, old were you when you first started or sorry to cut you off you go first no I was gonna say um I mean I actually my first my freshman year of college I met Ron Jeremy Ron Jeremy oh like, the guy he, with the big he, dick yeah he's not super popular these days uh what did he do did he get some controversy oh yeah he's in prison right now he's like oh no he's like awaiting trial for um multiple um sexual um uh, sexual assault sexual yeah oh gosh yeah but back then 20 20 years ago he was still like lauded as this you know um you know, legendary porn performer. He had a documentary that had just come out that year. So 
right. buddy of mine, buddy of mine and I actually my first like porn buddy in college. Um, he was in my, this guy was in my dorm with me. He and I, we both went and like drove all around the town and found two copies of the DVD and like <laughs> waited outside of the strip club where he was in the cold for hours and hours. And Ron Jeremy finally came out. He was, he was actually really cool. He really? Yeah. Really, yeah. He had these hot chicks with him and the, the chicks like <laughs> shook their tits in our face and shook <laughs> our hands. And they were really, I mean, he knew we were 18 and he was just like super kind and gracious and like, thankful that we waited for him because we waited out there for hours because we couldn't get into oh, the day oh, wow because you're too <laughs> too young yeah we were too young we were just 18 so oh right because the age um in the states is 21 i think in canada depending on the province <clears throat> it's 18 18 or 19 yeah wow yeah it depends and it depends on what like what type of strip club you go to if it, if they have uh, alcohol there or not and i it, see yeah like if, yeah it varies from state to state so do you feel like Ron Jeremy like kind of planted a seed for you to like, was that sort of influential in you starting fuck yeah, friendly fire? I don't think so at all. No. I just think okay. that's kind of more like an omen maybe that like yes. I was always going to always be, yeah. Foreshadowing that I was going to be kind of covering this, um, this industry and, and, and actually utilizing pornography as a, a medium to educate people um, in sexuality and also, sex positivity because you know whenever we see people talking about sex that have big platforms you know it's usually people that are shaming sex or condemning pornography or just completely spreading completely anti-scientific things yes anyway so you get the point but totally do you think you would ever start like a sub stack and and kind of restart your blog on a platform like that you know what? It's so funny you say that. I don't even know what other platforms are really other than Reddit where people are gathering for porn now. I think that's part of the problem is that like, I don't know what's out there. What right. I did find out though, because I did end up leaving Tumblr altogether and starting like, I ended up getting my own web hosting, my own nice. blog platform, had my own blog designed and everything. But what I didn't count on was the engagement what these Mm. platforms have is what is something that my dopamine receptors apparently really like which is like getting likes and Mm -hmm. retweets and dms well when i hosted all my own stuff like yeah i had users or what have you and people could like the stuff but it wasn't the same because i wasn't on these huge platforms that you know a lot of attention could easily be brought to the site so it, what it became which is great it was people who were more um who knew who knew the brand and had been following for a while and all that kind of okay thing, yeah yeah so that's kind of the the hard thing about yeah doing it just through a website i like right. substack like i write kind of erotic erotically anthropological sociological yeah, articles and like they're they seem to be totally fine with like erotica i think it does say like no like total porn, but they're like, we don't want to censor. And like, as long as it's artistic, you know? So I think if you were doing commentary and blogging on adult content, like I'm, I think that would be, that would fly. And I like that there's a lot of traffic these days. Uh, and the platform is great. Like in terms of promotion, they, there's all this sort of beta stuff they're testing where you basically like speak out or you can have an AI woman speak out part of your 
your blog and then it'll create like a cool little video promo that you can use on like Twitter to promote your Substack and stuff. So oh, it's, cool. yeah, it's, I really, I really like it. And you can charge like a monthly fee. Um, I started doing it free and then people were pledging. There's an option to say, once this author starts to charge, I want to pay. And like a bunch of dudes pledge, like, please, we want to pay you for this. <laughs> so, so then I just like, okay, I'll, I'll charge like $5 and 55 cents a month. And so now I've got like, I think, I think I've got like a hundred people who've subscribed. I just started this a few months ago and I think I've got like 25 or 30 paying subscribers now. So it's, it's kind of slowly but surely building and it's really fun. Very good. That's, yeah. That is, so that's maybe awesome. that I appreciate you. I appreciate you encouraging, inspiring me to actually think outside the box a bit and kind of mm. look what else is out there. It is mm. integral to my brand that I have the ability to share explicit um, hardcore pornography. So yes. that is also kind of why my options are, are a bit limited. limited. I do, I do write on, um, or I at least have the ability to write on um, medium.com and I've written oh, a nice. things there. So are you allowed um, to post um, explicit photos no, on Medium? Okay. No, no. So I, I think what's happening now, though, is I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, I think that Elon is really kind of spurring more competition in the social media space, and I'm hoping and intending that more sites or platforms are going to be popping up that will be hospitable to um, porn. And I'm actually really grateful, as much of a shit. A, a shit time that so many people give Elon. I'm grateful. And I think everybody who is yes. a content, an, an adult content producer should be grateful that he's at least uh, up till up till now has been extremely gracious and hospitable to adult creators. And I'm, yes. I'm really grateful to that because he could have done the opposite. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. he's, I really, you know, some people are like, oh, he's controlled opposition, but I'm, I'm really grateful that he took over X and now there's yeah. free speech. Like I can talk about yes. medical freedom. I can talk yeah. about German new medicine. I can show my cock, you know, it's just like, it's, yeah. it's great to just be able to be yourself on a platform. Yes. 100%. And that's why it's going to continue to be, it's going to continue to be the most popular, especially because as we're already starting to see, yeah, it's kind of a shit show sometimes on the, platform but um elon is such a like inventor and like he's mm -hmm. he's so into tech and stuff like he's gonna make it the coolest social media platform period. totally totally i noticed already now in addition to x spaces which is audio you and i did one there's now yeah. video i i guess maybe if you oh. are a premium member or something you get video option because okay. somebody was doing like a video uh basically a concert this yoga singer so it's getting more and more cool <laughs> i know i and i agree with you i think the platform is is better now do mm -hmm. i do i think that renaming it was the complete dumbest fucking thing ever yeah i think that <laughs> i think at that i think at this point twitter had become iconic it's in so many movies and tv shows and songs especially yes um you know and like it's it, like it's a brand and like tweets were a thing it like had become cemented in our culture so i think God, sad face for losing that. But I also yeah. think like, at the end of the day, I'm like, eh, who cares? As long as it's basically the same and especially as long as they don't get rid of my porn, then I'll be okay. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could like reach out to, to Substack and just say, hey, could I, in addition to blogging about explicit photos, can I have them, you know, I, and just explain what you do? Because they seem to be pretty open to supporting writers of diverse backgrounds and um, topics. Okay, cool. Well, I will have to look into that. I appreciate it.
Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, uh, I value uh, what you do. And um, what are what are some of the blogs in the past that have been the juiciest that you had the most fun writing in relation to explicit content? Um. So, I mean, the the things that I have the most fun writing about are really the male bonding aspect. So nice. the, the, the pornography that we share on Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire is heterosexual pornography. Some mm-hmm. people consider it bi, bisexual. It's not. It's, um, in fact, a better description that I like for it would be almost bisexual. But um, mm-hmm. it's pornography um, that kind of challenges um, the, the, the norm and what mainstream society and the porn, porn industry are really putting out there. And it's a, a type of porn that I am able to use to educate and explain um, to my audience, like how we can be um, unafraid of pushing limits and exploring our curiosities mm-hmm. um, and, and challenging those things. So it, it is, it is porn. And like, certainly people are w- watching porn on my a, a Twitter account and getting off to it, but there's also kind of there's also this sex positive aspect um, where we're challenging kind of judgments around sexuality and kind of demonstrating things that are normal um, and natural but just aren't talked about so much. Right. So like for me, I, my my favorite thing to one of my favorite things to blog about is what we call buddy baiting, which is mm. just guys masturbating together so is that like your first the, buddy in in college that you would watch porn with did you guys do buddy baiting not that guy that i just mentioned that went, okay. that met ron jeremy with me which is kind of weird because like i for most throughout like most of my close friendships growing up in life i've masturbated with all my friends it's which, oh, is, that's beautiful. which is actually which is actually really unique and weird for a black guy too because oh. most of the time that doesn't happen but i also think oh, really? the function of my sexuality being um a sexually fluid person I think mm-hmm. that that's just that's part of just what my curiosity was growing up. But yeah, um, because I grew up having such positive experiences, masturbating with my friends and then seeing, oh, all my, my friends masturbate with me, but they also they like girls and they play sports mm-hmm. and they're in, they're in my fraternity with me. And seeing seeing this, let me know like, oh, like this is a natural thing that guys do. We just don't ever yes. really talk about it. So I've always implemented it just since we started 12 years ago on the blog. It's always been a facet of my writing because I wanted to normalize and show, mm-hmm. hey, just, you can, this is like, this is a male thing. This isn't a, a gay or a bi man thing. This is a, yes. like, a primal male bonding activity that brings us as men together. So I've always woven that into um, my content. So there's content where it's, you know, two guys double vag fucking a, a chick in one video. And then right after mm. that is a video of like, you know, a 10 guy circle jerk or nice, dudes, you know, ejaculating on each other's penises or something. And the, That's the so idea beautiful. is just to destigmatize um, natural male sexuality and to show men like, hey, we don't have to give away our power to these sex shamers who are trying to dictate our pleasure and our and our sexual experience like right. we as men can can you know line up with other you know leading edge sexually sexually leading edge men who agree with us and are in harmony with what we desire and we can like create our own harmony irrespective of like needing to fit into this archaic model of what a man is and what yes. a 
you know, like it, it's just so dying. And that's, that's, a, that's why so many people are losing their shit right now <laughs> on the planet is because people can sense it. They can sense that like sex is becoming less shameful. Like men are looking at porn on their, on their smartphones and mm. uh, in the bat when they go to the bathroom and, you know, like, and that freaks people the fuck out. Like, yeah, you know, people are people are losing their grip of reality, and those of us that see it and that are cool with what's going on, <laughs> like we're we're groovy, but yeah. everybody else is losing their minds. So. Totally, yeah. People get so <laughs> triggered, but I, know, I feel like man. people like you and me came to the planet to you know, yeah, trigger people not intentionally, but just by being ourselves. Some people do get triggered, and, and that's you know, okay. isn't that something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what how does the word how does the um brand fuck yeah friendly fire relate to that same sex erotic bonding well how did you come up with the, the name, name itself it, well even the name itself um fuck yeah friendly fire friendly fire which we're talking in this case friendly fire cum shot is when, okay you know two men are sharing a woman sexually two or more men like sharing a woman uh sexually and one of them males ejaculates to the other one right so the, the idea is that oh, the fire come shot because it wasn't supposed to happen it wasn't it, it wasn't intentional um so yeah and because okay cool that, yeah so that name itself implies you know homoeroticism it implies um pushing boundaries male you know same-sex interaction so mm-hmm. um that in and of itself just naming the the brand that kind of set the tone for what kind of content we were going to be creating so nice. at the time in 2011 when we started the um blog um the fuck yeah moniker was really really popular on tumblr tumblr blog so there was like a fuck yeah everything there was like oh fuck yeah fuck yeah apples and <laughs> fuck yeah will blunderfield and <laughs> so it was kind of just me again, not even thinking intentionally, just thinking, okay, I'm going to throw this little stupid account up here and you name it a lazy name and no one's going to pay attention. Right. But yeah. then it kind of became a thing. And then it was yes. like, well, I can't change it, you know? So. Yeah. I love that. Well, and like a lot of, you know, guys, like I'll, if I'm, you know, self-pleasuring, I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Like, fuck yeah. is something that I say a lot during same sex erotic bonding. Mm-hmm. So I like that too. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I didn't realize friendly fire is basically kind of like a colloquialism, meaning two guys are being intimate with a female and then they accidentally ejaculate on each other. Well, n- not necessarily on each other, but one of them, one of them accidentally, accidentally right? comes. Like he, yeah. Like he overshoots, you know, shooting onto her face and <laughs> she overshoots onto um, his buddy in the, ah. in the act. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> yeah. So I love so what you do. On- I was just gonna say, I love, I love what you do and that whole intentionality of really making same sex erotic bonding normal again, like hello, the Spartans were doing it, uh, the samurai, the Celts, all these warrior classes of men, they had wives, but they would also, when the women were on their period, they were considered to be too potent, not dirty, but too potent for the men to hang around. So the alpha dudes would go deep into the forest and rub their mushrooms together. And the the shaman was usually known as the bisexual dude. And he was supposed to be really good at being a dude and really good at being a female at the same time. He was kind of like the bridge between men and women in the tribe, as well as the earth and spirit planes. He was a shaman. And he would actually lead these alpha dudes, these warriors through these erotic bonding rituals. And it was known if you needed healing, especially sexual healing as an alpha warrior dude, you would go to the bisexual guy for sexual healing 
that was like what was done at least uh, I'm referring to like yeah. 85% of First Nations cultures before colonization in North America. Yeah. I think people are still coming to the bisexual <laughs> before healing these days. They just don't know. Yes. It. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like or it. What, we, what I refer to as bisexual, just the meaning all, all yeah. people that have multi-sexualities or, yes. um, uh, you know, fluid sexuality. So whatever you, whatever, whatever label or non-label you have for what that describes, that's yes. what I mean. I love that. No, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. labels can, I always say like the work that we do is de-armoring. It's dropping gay, dropping straight, and even bi and just stepping into more masculinity together. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm in alignment with that. Oh, fantastic. Um, tell me more about, um, I, I want to talk to you about male genital mutilation. And, you know, I, I post a lot about that. And, and I know that you were circumcised as a kid, I'm assuming when you were like a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like how has that affected you you were talking about like how it was like a tight cut and so sometimes there's pain tell, tell me more about that well um god uh, in, i've become as a more educated adult <laughs> um and as one who really really loves his penis i mean as someone who's highly yeah. invested in you know, like pleasuring my penis on a daily basis nice. um, and, t- and talking about sex and sexuality. Of course, like if my, if my ability to achieve pleasure in any way is diminished um, as being the sexual, highly sexual person that I am, um, of course, that's going to, you know, even more, I, I feel impact me because I feel like, gosh, like I'm even conscious of this, that I should have this thing and I don't, and it was yes. taken from me you know, against my will. So, right. um, yeah, I, I was circumcised as an infant. I mean, in the, in the eighties, it was really, um, commonplace in the United States. What year were you born? Well, I, 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 I will say I was born in the mid eighties. Okay. Um, Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the Canadian medical association in 1985 decided it was no longer necessary to routinely mutilate the genitals of baby Canadian boys. So I literally, my foreskin was saved by that year because my parents are doctors. And so they just do whatever the CMA said, at least they did at the time. And so if I had been born in 84, I would have been circumcised. So I'm grateful the CMA changed their tune. Uh, And, but it's upsetting, like just how many men especially in the USA are still being circumcised. It's like it's 2023 and people still haven't woken up. Yeah. Well, and what it's taught me just as a person who I have always strived to be very open-minded and questioning anytime someone's like try to force me to do anything. That's like a, that's like the first, biggest red flag, you know, I'm like, why are you trying to force me? So like that whole like COVID, um, mm-hmm thing was like did you get the, did, can i ask did you get the vaccine oh no no, no good no. for you that's no. rare and, I, and, I'm, and I, i'm very i'm very pro vaccine and like i i mean i've had i think since COVID, i've gotten like three three or four vaccines which then. ones well various like, ones including mostly that have to do with my sexual health and well-being um, oh like but hpv anyway, or something yeah so oh, okay. um but i didn't I chose not to to do the COVID thing uh, uh-huh. COVID jab uh, for various reasons? But um, why did I go down this path? Now you've got I've- no <laughs> no worries. We're talking about circumcision and and kind of like you you're somebody who questions things and and you know yeah. you question you don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, you know? thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I strive to be one who questions things. That's why I question the, um, the kind of coercive nature of the um, COVID vaccines. Um, right. Have you heard of Bonobo but, 3D on YouTube? Bonobo 3D? No. No, he's uh, this guy from Vancouver. I think he's probably in his 50s or 60s. And he documents the trauma of circumcision. He educates people using his YouTube. But then during the pandemic, he started also educating people about the danger of forced jabs and forced masking and all this forced stuff. So it's kind of, it, it, he really made the point because a lot of people were like, hey, I want you to just talk about circumcision. Stop talking about the vaccine issue. And he's like, no, he's like, all of this is under the same umbrella. We have to speak yeah, out about wow. all of it. Yeah, well, that's, that's so fun. I'm gonna have to listen. I'm gonna have to look this up because that's yeah. how I feel when people, you know, I share kind of um, things from my spiritual awakening, and I, I share things that challenge the narrative outside of sex and porn. And mm -hmm. I get some. I get similar sounding pushback here, like why are why are you talking about why are you opining about anything possible right. <laughs> other than the sex? And I'm like, no, what you don't see because you have kind of just bless your heart been so committed to like your indoctrination is that it's like it's all related like i'm i'm what i'm talking about at the foundation of it is freedom and right. if we don't get this freedom thing right as a humanity then what that means is we're not going to be able to sit here and talk about and watch porn and sex and and sex yes. laws are going to get clamped down and there is and research for getting rid of sexually transmitted stuff is never going to happen like what i'm talking about is freedom at the core of it right and like yes all of this it's like sometimes sometimes I'm talking about the sexual freedom <laughs> and sometimes yeah. I'm talking about the freedom from, you know, being forced to have a, 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 a medical agent injected into your body against your will. Oh, so, yeah. 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 I appreciate it's, it's so your, traumatizing. your observation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful because it's actually very rare to meet another uh, dude who's open about also being into dudes who's also questioning the dominant narratives. For some reason, especially with um, men who are into men in, in major city centers like Vancouver, there's like very much like, oh, we love vaccines. Don't question authority. We're liberal. I'm like, this isn't how this isn't like the Kurt Cobain liberals yeah. of the 90s. This is a different type yeah. of liberal I'm seeing now. And I don't know if yeah, it was like a backlash against Trump, because like, I guess in 2016, no, this, happened, this started happening way before Trump. Before? No, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I used to be a crazy, I used to be like a don't tell, tell me nothing liberal. Like me these too. crazies, they drove me out of it because I'm like, wow, yeah. this is turning, this is turned into something that I do not agree with. And, you know, yes. when I started seeing Barack Obama, and I mean, as the first black anything, you know, even quasi black, any, yeah. you know, political leader in America, it was devastating for me to have to have my awakening happen under Obama, who right. like not, on, not only dropped more bombs than Bush before him, but like started, it continued and accelerated his wars after campaigning on stopping all that stuff. So as soon as that happened, that's when I was start, that's when I was like, okay, I can't be of integrity. <laughs> like right. he's doing the, he's doing the same stuff as the other guys. He just like talks better and like, is, yeah. is a, you know, he's, he's a better orator and looks better, you know? And so that was the really tough time for me. Like that was when I started really questioning the narrative, like, right. okay, something's not adding up. Cause before I was this idealistic kid, like, I'm going to, you know, they, my country is true and of integrity and what they tell me is, is really happening is happening. And I'm going to go vote for the person who's saying that what they're going to do. And as soon as he didn't do it, I was like, okay, something's not right. 
Right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and so, because I'd always been a, because I'd always been a person that could question things, even back when I was a kid, it was very easy for me to go in that space. And then I started attracting teachers into my life that they started supporting my new path of questioning things. And, <laughs> nice. you know, so, um, yeah. Have you ever heard of um, German new medicine? Speaking of questioning dominant paradigms? Um, no, I have not. It's this, um, it kind of flips like Western medicine on its head. And it's basically the understanding that no illness can happen in the body, or I should say no symptoms can happen in the body without the involvement of the psyche, like the soul and the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they talk about like how in our society, because it's so profitable for big pharma, it's like, oh, this microbe causes this symptom. This microbe causes this symptom. And here is the pill or the vaccine as our solution. It's like problem, reaction, solution. But German New Medicine says, well, actually, microbes are not always the cause that they're, it's kind of like blaming the fire trucks for the fire. It's like a fire truck shows up at a fire. It's like, oh my God, those fucking fire trucks causing that fire. What the fuck? But we kind of do that in Western medicine. We're like, oh, the bacteria are at the scene of the crime. So they must have caused it. And it's like, did they really cause it? Or is it more like flies are attracted to garbage? Mm, yeah. You know? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of um, thinking behind that. I mean, David Hawkins, the power, power versus Oh, I love him. Yeah talking yeah i mean t just talking about um the power of being able to use your mind to um uh, basically attract into your life um that which you want what you were saying something about mm. um uh, why did i go into power versus force oh because uh, you, i was just about to say you know th there's something to be said for even the placebo effect right where oh, people yes. can believe that they've taken a medicine and then all of a sudden like Somebody who wasn't walking ten, you know, ten days previously is now all of a sudden um, walking because they think that they, you know, they believe they had a yes. surgery. So the power of the mind is indisputable. That's why that that's why there's so much effort to manipulate humans' minds. That's why people yes. who people who all they do is sit and watch the news all, all day and like can regurgitate all that negativity. Like that's their <laughs> perception of reality. That's their world because like that's all that they. <laughs> are giving yes. themselves the ability to see is what other people are literally dictating and manipulating them to believe, right? Like mm. how ridiculous is it that those of us who are just alike, our, our friends and neighbors who are on the other side of the political aisle, we've been convinced to be against them mm -hmm. <laughs> instead mm -hmm. of the, the people that are like literally um, causing our pain and suffering. And Amen. I think, yeah. you know, like we- Divide and conquer. As, it is divide and conquer. And the fortunate thing is like, this is such an auspicious time in humanity. I, I believe and know, and I like, there's good people like you who've come, you know, into this planet in this really cool time. And we've, we've come here to shake some things up and do <laughs> some good stuff. So I'm, totally. I think it's going to, it's going to be a good time. It's just going to be an exciting time too. Probably. Exciting and a little turbulent sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? I sure have, of course. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because he he also talks about you know the power of the mind and people walking yeah. who are told that they'd be wheelchair yeah. bound and it really mm -hmm. is. And there's the so there's the placebo, which is you're given like a sugar pill and you're told oh this is a really healing medicine and then it heals you. And then there's the nocebo, mm -hmm. which is like yep. basically the pointing of the bone, like Aboriginal tribes 
the witch doctor would point the bone and say, you're dead. And then the person would die in a few days just through the power of suggestion. I think that's right. like the nocebo effect. So yeah, the mind is yeah. so fucking powerful. And I was talking to a friend today, actually a German new medicine friend. And I was like, isn't it interesting how much the matrix has caused people to devalue or, or society, whatever you want to call it, to devalue the role of the psyche in wellness, which is what you're alluding to with the placebo effect. It's like, let's just blame yeah, something <laughs> outside of ourselves because that actually is based on outdated scientific narratives and robust industry profits that render you a patient for life <laughs> and keep uh, the, the pockets of big pharma really, really rich. Like I think uh, Pfizer's, uh, they, they just, their funding, their funds skyrocketed during the pandemic. Like, I don't think they were yeah. doing as so well, well necessarily in 2019. And now they're like, just making, they're just raking it in. <laughs> and, and even if what you were just saying weren't, wasn't true, um, which it is, but even if it wasn't like, it's, it's, it would, it's still good to have a healthy skepticism of the industry that has paid out literally billions, if not trillions yeah. in, in like damages to humans yes. doing unethical things. And, you know, like, I, for me, uh, the COVID thing, which is what I refer to it as, I'm just like, because I still can't believe it happened. Yeah. Like it really, it really showed me uh, like how um, humanity actually is because I was like, wow, you guys mean to tell me like, you can't question these people. Like you can't, mm -hmm. you're, you're shaming people that are saying, hey, like, whoa, this there's been no testing done of this yeah. significant testing of, and you're, you're advocating that people lose their job if they don't get it, like pump the brakes. Like we're the crazy ones. Like totally whoa. you're shutting down was... businesses, small, you know, small family businesses that people have put their entire lives into, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. let's talk about that. You know, like that's, um, that's just so, I mean, it just was crushing, soul crushing to me. To it was really sad. Yeah. I, I got a lot of flack. I remember I, near the beginning of the whole thing, I just posted, like I retweeted uh, how to politely decline a vaccine. And like one of my childhood family friends, like totally just jumped on me. I was like, what you're, you know, you're putting grandma at risk and how dare you. And, you know, I can see it's coming um, from fear. They, a lot of people believe if, you know, the whole, whole world's not vaccinated. It comes that, from obedience. It comes from yeah. Obedience. Ob <laughs> yeah. Obedience. Totally. And, and it's, <laughs> It's, I don't know if you've heard of the concept of the drama triangle by Cartman, sociologist Cartman. Mm -hmm. He talks about, this is from one of my mentors, Dr. Kelly Brogan. She talks about this a lot is like, there's three roles and the allopathic system, the Western medical system is designed to keep people in the drama triangle. So there's the victim, which is you, right? COVID reified this. We're all susceptible to the air. You know, we're going to, we're going to die if we, you know, don't take off our, you know, if, if we take off our mask, we're going to die, like all this stuff. The worst is like mm. being people, you know, in Vancouver, they'll have a, like a mask on then they'll pull the mask down and take a, a, a swig of their cigarette and then put the mask back up quickly. It's really sad. I'm like priorities guys, but I know yeah. for their health, you know, for their health, yeah, for your health. It's yeah. But there's like, so there's the victim. That's one element, one part of the triangle, the, the victim. And so in the allopathic system in Western medicine, we are all kind of being construed as the victims. Then there's the victimizer, which is basically microbes. It's your own body because we're 10 to one microbe for every one human cell that makes up our being. There's 10 microbial cells of bacteria, mycobacteria, et cetera, uh, and, and viruses if they exist. But I mean, that's a whole other, I don't know if you've gone down that rabbit hole, but I, I know you're smart. You're going to get this. There's actually no 
scientific proof that strictly adheres to the scientific method showing that any virus has ever been isolated, purified, sequenced, or characterized from the fluids of a sick host ever and injected into a healthy host causing the same symptoms. That, that foundational evidence has never been done. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, I'm just really clear uh, that it's a good and healthy thing for me to be skeptical at a minimum. Yes. <laughs> and at a maximum, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a, you know not, not at a maximum, but like a, asking uh, questions, you know. So Amen. Me, yes, questions. I, I've just, there's just been too much that's come up in the past, you know, that has led me to believe eh, I probably shouldn't just take the word for you know no <laughs> their, their word for it you know that's what i always say me. always do your own research and i mean not to sidetrack too much but my buddy alex zach i don't know if you've heard of him he's a great sort of health freedom activist he created this whole thing with like a bunch of medical doctors and and naturopaths and stuff called the end of covid.com and it's actually going to be a, a free to watch again from october 1st through 11th I can send you the link if you're interested. And if anybody else is interested, just go to yeah. endofcovid the endofcovid.com. And they literally have spent, like there's, I think, over 108 video-based modules. Any question you have about what we're talking about would get answered in that free series. Like everything from virus isolation to... Um, you know, what about the Spanish flu or, or what about, you know, when a bunch of people are in a room and they all get sick, what causes that if it's not the microbe? Like all those questions are deeply delved into during that. So if anybody has any qualms or questions, that's a really great resource. Nice. But I think you and I can both agree, as you just said, it's like, why weren't we allowed to quest? How come if we question the mainstream narrative, our Instagram got taken down? Like, why can't we ask, why can't we have healthy discussions, you know? That's when I know there's something going, something wrong with the whole thing is if you're not right. allowed to question, but it's not, the right. science is never settled. Science, the whole aspect of science, science uh, being a scientific mind is to constantly be questioning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So yeah, yeah. And, and back so that's, to- That's what yeah. automatically shows me that it's just, so there's something nefarious. There's something unright about it. And for me, the disheartening thing is God, if all of us just said, mm, pump your brakes, prove yeah. to me what, pr prove to me what, what you're showing me, right? Like if all of us just kind of like showed a little bit more resistance, yeah. you know, there, we, th th there wouldn't be such a sharp decline into totalitarianism. I mean, especially yeah. some of the things that I'm seeing coming out of Canada as of late, I'm like, oh, can God. you guys, can you guys <laughs> please get it together up there so that we can show the powers that be that we're not all a bunch of chumps? Right. <laughs> Amen. I don't know what it is with Canadians these days. I mean, a lot of us are resisting, but you're right. There's a huge contingency that's like all about wokeism and Justin Trudeau and vaccinating the hell out of yourself with like the six yeah. COVID, COVID booster shot. I'm like, guys, just chill a bit. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I'm rooting, I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm rooting you. for you. Of course. I just like to poke fun. Hey, totally. we all have our own we all have our own uh, country problems, so oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I can't talk shit coming from America. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think the common ground that we're exploring here is this, there's these parallels between things like uh, circumcision and cutting people off from their sexuality. Actually, circumcision is kind of a very <clears throat> visceral body-based way of cutting people yeah, off. It's a matter of freedom. It's a yeah. matter of freedom. Yes. Right. Because if you don't own, if you don't, if, if, if they're telling you that you don't own your body, that you don't own your person, it's like, 
uh, am I really free? Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't, if, do I have bodily autonomy? I mean, isn't that a, a, a integral and integral tenant of, you know, owning, yes. owning yourself, like truly being free. And so it's like, yeah. wow, if I don't have dominion over my, my body, then I, I, is it possible that I own myself? You know, like those are the types of questions that I ask myself as a person who intends to be an asker of questions and a questioner, questioner of answers. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of forgen.org? Uh, yeah, I have. I've, I've, nice. I've, I've done, um, been kind of not in a, like in an intense way, but researching foreskin restoration for a number of years, actually. There's a, at least one company based out of um, the Austin area that's actually uh, really big. And I can't remember if it's Forgen or one of the other ones, but yeah. Nice. That's great work. Yeah. And I'm probably going to be the customer of these companies soon. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I think they're on their clinic, their animal trials right now. Like they've successfully grown a human foreskin on the back of a sheep. And I think the next stage is wow. the human clinical trials. And some of my students are actually signed up for the human clinical trials. So hopefully that will all go smoothly and people will be able to get their foreskins back. Wow. I'm rooting for that. Yeah. That's yeah. Gonna, that's going to be revolutionary. Um, totally. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the doctors will still be encouraging parents to chop their boys foreskins off and then yeah. hey 20 years we can sell you the cure to bring it back <laughs> totally and you're i'm sure you're aware they use the baby foreskins in women's beauty creams yes 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 it's I, such an industry I'm, i am in yes all of this has turned me into what we call an intactivist i like so, that i like that yeah term. i'm i i'm using my voice to help um help future boys not have to go through what I've gone through. So I'm so glad we're talking about this, especially in relation to freedom and sexuality, because like I, I just got in hot water with this guy named Kid Carson. I don't know if you know him, but he's like a Canadian freedom fighter celebrity. He was fired from his radio job um, for speaking out against the vaccine. Mm, no, not familiar. And he's got a show now. He, he kind of brought a show off the airwaves and onto podcasting and, he like got all his, he got his panties in a knot. Cause I called him out publicly. He had like a, a known male genital mutilator on his show. Uh, this guy named Dr. I think Neil Pollock. And he's got like all these circumcision clinics around Vancouver. And he like prides himself on like his technique of circumcision. So anyway, he had this guy on his show mostly to talk about scrot- scrotum injections, scrotox to like make your scrotum smoother. It was really weird. I was like, who would waste their money on that? Correct. Like, what the fuck? So he thought like that was really good and, you know, whatever. Like, fine, talk about your scrotox. But then like there, he did bring up the fact that he's like, oh, yeah, like, how does it feel being the one of the most well-known, uh, you know, you provide one of the best services of circumcision in our city, like, you know, and, and he was kind of like applauding him for circumcising. And he didn't once ask this mutilator, like, hey, do you think that it's a violation at all of a child's bodily autonomy to do this without their full consent? Like, he never asked those questions. Yeah. So anyway, he sends me this long DM and he's like, 
you know, because all I did was I just made a post. I said, hey, like Kid Carson, you claim to be about medical freedom. You were fired from your job for speaking out again against tyranny and for promoting medical freedom. Yet you have a known mutilator on your show and you don't even ask them about like the the downsides of that. Like I coach hundreds of men who are literally want to kill the doctor or the rabbi or the religious officiant who circumcised them against their will. And they're like traumatized for life. I remember teaching a naked men's yoga in Hollywood in 2019. This dude, literally the doctor accidentally cut or the rob, the rabbi, whoever did it, accidentally cut off his entire mushroom head it was gone. Oh my God. Yeah. And he didn't even yeah. real like he'd never worked through the die. trauma of that. Yeah. Babies, babies die. 137 babies die. babies die every year in the United States and, alone. And what a shame. Circumcision. What a shame that all of those babies deaths could have been prevented if their parents were a little braver. If their exactly. parents stood in their power more and stood up for their babies. That's totally pathetic to me. Pathetic. Yes. Yes. So sad. Yeah. So, I mean, I kindly responded to Kid Carson and I just said, hey, you know, I didn't mean to criticize your whole interview. I just think it's important if you're having somebody who mutilates the genitals of babies on your show, like just ask them about the other side of the coin. Like as, you know, as somebody who stands for bodily autonomy, as you do, this is like, it's amazing to me how many people in the so-called spiritual community and medical freedom communities, they don't put two and two together like we're doing right now. And I think it's so good we're talking about this. Medical freedom includes the right to genital autonomy and total body autonomy. Mm -hmm. You know, we can even get into the whole trans thing. I don't, I have nothing against, uh, you know, being trans, but when you're doing like, I coached a guy who thought he was trans when he was 15. So he had his penis cut off and his testicles taken off and inverted into a vagina. And then a few years later, he'd made, he realized he made a huge mistake and now he's like suicidal and depressed. Yeah, by the way, that's most quote unquote kids who tra- who want to transition. That this what's what's crazy about this is like there's there's this is actually there's abundant science on this. In fact, it's replicated across six nations over three decades. Mm. Three decades. So wow. if you're getting the same result, which by the way is that over sixty, and I'm gonna say that again, over sixty percent of children who identify as transgender end up growing out of feeling transgender and most of them end up just being gay or mm-hmm. bisexual. Right. So what, what's happening now is quite concerning because yes. um, as you know, like that, uh, being a genital mutilation, you know, um, active or, you know, um, Intactivist. Say? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you understand the importance of bodily autonomy, but take putting that into a child's hands when they don't, when they don't understand fully, like things that they're <laughs> feeling and expressing, and you know, it's just a bad, it's a bad thing. And yeah, for for that to be the finding replicated in over six countries across the world that all have different cultures and different populations, but yeah. that is cons- the consistent finding. Um, that's, that's pretty solid science, you know, I mean, True and so, but all of this data keeps getting, um, you know, pu- you know, um, hidden or, you know, debated buried. by activists, buried is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. By yeah. activists. Yes. Um, it's crazy. So, but, but, but it, it's our fault because we look at it. We should not be allowing these people to silence us mainly for transgender people. Like uh-huh. you can't be, you can't be, we can't be making all these you know, future detransitioners who, if we know that we, the science shows that they're, they're more likely to just be gay, right? Like we, we have to do the right thing and and let kids be kids and grow up and then 
figure their shit out, you know, when they're a little totally. older. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really big into that. I mean, I've, I've shared that stuff and I get, every time I share it, I get attacked so bad. Yeah, on my, oh my God. <laughs> like they think that I'm attacking transgenderism. Like, no, no, I'm attacking you permanently. I'm, I'm attacking you advocating someone permanently changing their genitalia exactly. before they know how to drive before they, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't make any sense. It really, it really doesn't. And you know, it sounds like you and I are, I'm, we're not against anything. If an adult wants to do something to mod right. modify their body, that's fine. But it's just like a, a child, like somebody in their teens, you know, and, and I, from that experience of coaching this dude, like I've seen it firsthand, like there are many detransitioners and they're being silenced too. 100%. Oh yeah. I follow some on Twitter. Yeah. Mm, yes. It's funny because the activists come in, they don't even know that they're, they can't even, they don't even realize they're trans people and they'll see their post and the trans activists are telling them like, you don't know our experience. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, bitch, what are you Actually, talking about? Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am, I am one of you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> one of yeah. So I think that's great that we're, we're both on the same page uh, with, with the whole trans thing. It's like any body mod, we need to make sure people get consent. <laughs> you know, it's like physics. It's like basic. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I just wonder why, why so much of the trans conversation is around the kids thing. It's like, hmm. let's, let's, let's make the conversation about trans adults and, you know, making our culture more equitable to trans people in the workplace and beyond. Um, yeah. I don't know why there's so much focus on transing kids, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah. And yeah. so anyway, I, 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 I'm glad that you and I are on the same page because I'm finding that we're, we're a rarity here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, speaking truth to power and also connecting the dots. Like I think maybe it's not necessarily malicious, although sometimes you wonder, I for, I for sure know that our society is based on predatory capitalism and to tie this into same-sex erotic bonding anything like a society full of big strong alphas and by alpha i just mean like dudes with like really healthy glandular system who are really juicy and fertile a society full of big strong alphas is a threat to the matrix it's a threat to predatory capitalism and so anything that enhances the glandular potency of the male is uh being uh, suppressed and anything that takes away the potency of the male is being lauded. So the trans thing, transing kids, what does that do? It makes it so they can't really experience orgasm and it makes them uh, infertile, sterile, invariably sterile. So that is great. That's what the transhumanist agenda is all what they want. They don't want any polarity between men and women. They want everybody to be eunuchs, um, right? So that's, that's part of it. And then same-sex erotic bonding, there's studies showing when men do, for example, when a man watches another dude do erotic things in pornography while he stimulates his penis, as long as he doesn't come each time, his, the viewer, the porn viewer's testosterone levels skyrocket. So that's really cool. And they've also done studies in the sauna, the naked men's sauna culture in Finland. And they found when the men sweat and hang out naked together and, you know, smell each other's pheromones and have their dicks just hanging out their testosterone collectively goes up. It's kind of like how women who hang out a lot, especially naked, end up on the same period cycle 
men who like, you know, sniff each other's balls and, you know, sniff each other's armpits and stroke their penises together, they end up with higher collective testosterone. So that is, I think that's one of the reasons why homophobia exists is because same-sex erotic bonding is so damn good for you. It's so natural and healthy and it really does enhance your testosterone levels and your ability to fertilize vulvas because, you know, attraction to women is based in polarity. And these studies are showing that same-sex erotic bonding, for example, like even just playing naked sports makes your testosterone higher, your sperm count better. The quality motility is enhanced because iron sharpens iron. Um, So yeah, same-sex erotic bonding actually makes men invariably more attracted to and attractive to very highly feminine beings because attraction is based in polarity. And those feminine beings tend to be beautiful women with nice nubile puffy pussies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's how it all ties together. And I mean, circumcision, that's another way to cut, literally cut men off from the part of their their body that makes them wild and free and orgasmic uh, so that they don't have to put a literal cage around us. And if you weren't circumcised, you were prematurely forcibly retracted. Chances are like I was when I was four, this creepy doctor ripped my foreskin off the head of my penis. And most people don't realize that the, the foreskin is actually literally fused yeah, to the head of the yeah. cock until the boy is anywhere from age 12 to 20 years old. Uh, so he destroyed my high mental membrane and it was one of the most traumatizing and painful experiences of my life. And then it got really tight, right? He put it back and then it scarred up a bit. And then I wasn't able to retract it until I was like 13 or 14, which is actually normal. But I remember like being told that I had to like pull it back, but really that's not true. The, the rule of thumb is only clean what is seen. Uh, you're not supposed to uh, reef on your foreskin. It, it will naturally retract over time. But that's something that a lot of nurses and doctors and caregivers do. They prematurely retract the foreskin, which either consciously or subconsciously, what they're doing to that little boy is they're traumatizing him in his root, which is exactly what the inorganic ones want. Because again, if you cut men off and women from the part of their body that literally makes them wild and free, then you don't have to cage them up. Yeah, I, I I believe it. I believe mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. yeah. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, go, ahead. go no, go for it. At the end of the day. No, I was just gonna say. At the end of the day, we're in alignment that we're all about freedom. So totally. um, it's just that some of us use um a platform where we get naked or a platform where we share porn to mm-hmm. talk about freedom. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and some people use their instagram account where they take pictures of themselves to advocate that you know yes so anyway i like my body my choice my freedom you know and this trans uh, activist who i actually had on my show they reached out to me and they're like you're like going off the deep end this is a few years ago like you know you're anti-jewish my my partner's Jewish and you're very offensive because you're against. Wait, wait, why do they say? And, yeah, yeah. Isn't that psycho? It's psychopathic. So dumb. Why 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 is me being um, pro bodily autonomy being made to be anti-Jewish? That's right. Like, and 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 it's the Orwellianness of it. It's the it's the like they're yeah. making it so that being pro freedom is anti-people a, a group of people that's right? psychopath that's that's so yeah. pathological to me 
Yeah, like we, like, we cannot mm. allow that. We cannot mm. allow that. Oh, I, I definitely tore a strip out of this activist. I was like, excuse me? And they were like, well, circumcision is not a big deal. They're like, I don't know a single man who has ever been upset about being circumcised. It's just a snip. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, but you are so ignorant. This was all through like DMs and Instagram. And we had like a really good rapport before that. But then like, uh, I just said, you know, you're, you're actually sounding very ignorant. Like I wanted to say, you don't even have a penis. Like, who are you? It's like, where men are not supposed to talk about their opinion on abortion. Yeah. Why are you talking about your opinion about yeah, male I, genital I mutilation? Really you don't, don't even have a penis. Hear. Yeah, yeah, it was I so really annoying. I don't want to hear many, many women's opinions on circumcision. Like, I, yeah, and so I many of don't. these woke liberals are like, oh my God, like medical freedom uh, in terms of abortion. But then they're like, everybody must get vaxxed and everybody, and I'm going to circumcise my kid. Like Pink, Pink proudly, the singer, proudly yeah. promotes that she cut her son. Oh it, yeah, you know, no, I see, I see her concert is going, is trending right now because of the intactivists that... <laughs> went and got paid paid for like front row seats just to right. put a pro a pro um you intact know, yeah uh, genital yeah. autonomy yeah 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 and she that kicked is. him out and was like you're you're poison or something like it's just like she doesn't understand a lot of these woke liberals don't understand that uh you know destroying the most sensitive part of a man's body actually is not in alignment with bodily autonomy like to me it's so basic no but... what they they get it what they what they understand is that they were taught to obey that uh, they were taught to that they were taught to just do what they were told and okay so what most people are are just not brave that's what I, that's what this covid shit taught me is like wow i really <laughs> i was really mm. over here believing believe this american shit like oh like we're we've got a we're guns a blazing and fuck the government and blah, blah. No, 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 no. This is like, and then I, I, this is, and I highly recommend you watch the 12 minute video on YouTube called A Prison by Any Other Name that explains this okay. way better than I could. But today's modern public education system, whether we're talking in Canada or the United States, mm -hmm. um, is, is, um, is, an, is, a, is an indoctrination system. Right. Um, and so people aren't taught to be critical thinkers. They're not, they're not taught to think for themselves and to use logic. They're taught to just do what they're told. You're taught to, I mean, from, from where you're a very early age, you know, stand on a single file line, raise your hand. Mm. Um, you ask know, to go to the bathroom. You, yeah. Ask, ask permission to go to the bathroom. So, you know, you grow up in, this, in, a, in, a, in a lifelong journey of being, um, raised in this system where you you're you're broken down from, of your autonomy you know being being an aut a person of autonomy in school like you get your ass beat right like, right yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's literally a prison it's it's, it's usually where, where people have their first violent experience mm -hmm. is in schools um and so you're taught like okay standing out gets me violence <laughs> yeah. so so it really starts there and um yeah, it's, it's, I, I have empathy for it, but I'm like, okay, that's great. Now what? Right. Now we have to be adults. Now we need to grow up, you know, and start mm -hmm. asking questions and being a little bit more um, deliberate in how we're creating this little human existence here. <laughs> Amen. What's the name of that YouTube video again? It's called A Prison by Any Other Name. Oh, great. Yeah. I totally resonate yeah. with that. Yeah, um, I send it yeah. to a lot of people and it's, it usually gets a good, good response. So, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's wild. Check it's, it out. I think you'll. I think you'll um, think it's interesting. Have you heard of the song "The Wayseers Manifesto"? Mm-mm. I'll have to send it to you. It's really good. It's on YouTube as well. It's this like rap kind of song. It's like twelve minutes, and it's it's like attention, all you rule breakers, troublemakers. You know everything the establishment has told you about you is actually that is wrong with you is actually what is right with you. Uh, you know, it's like you have qualities that, you know, the matrix wants to stamp out. And it's like, it's just very empowering. Like the first time I heard it, it like gave me chills and kind of cried a bit it was good. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, you know, starting with COVID, it just made me realize that like, they're not the reason that it, it, most people, you know, like pink and these people are getting up and doing commercials for Pfizer and she's doing this mm-hmm. pro circumcision stuff. It's really because you know, God love her. I mean, I, I think she's a great singer. I just think that she's kind of shit in every other aspect, you know, yeah. like yeah. she's kind of not a brave person. She's kind of a sellout. She's going to do whatever she needs to do to stay a celebrity and stay famous. And people who are right. famous and celebrities, they, they, they are incentivized to not, you know, buck the current. They're incentivized to hold up the establishment and push narratives and agendas. So, right. um, that's why it's important for people to start teaching their children to not <laughs> idolize other humans and celebrities yes. and yeah, don't politicians. Obey. Yeah, totally. What are some good daily habits that you have implemented to, to stay in your highest and be that boundary pushing human that God wants you to be without mm. um, falling prey to the flack? Thanks. Yeah, I am. Um, well, I think I said it a little earlier. One of the the biggest things is I watch what goes into my mind. Um, mm. I never watch the, what, what people call the news, um, which is nice. just literal propaganda, no matter what country you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, your state it has a vested interest in manipulating your opinion. And so uh, I found that I was just happier not following the news. So that's huge for me. I'm really big, as you know, as I shared with you um, last time we chatted, I'm big into music. Um, so uh, music and singing all throughout the day, literally from when I wake up into the shower all throughout the day. Nice, you know, I'm me too. And listening to music. What's some of your favorite music? Oh, God, I'm kind of cheesy. I like just like general R&B and pop music. Like I like vocalists. Nice. So anything where people are actually like, really having to sing you know to nice. the south, you know like that that's what i like in here you know uh, that that for me is r&b and you know kind of like pop music and stuff so yeah that's awesome do you ever um, find like sometimes you're you're listening to music and then you find out that the person that you love and you like just love their voice and you realize like they're all like obsessed with like pushing the narrative like <laughs> for me it was like Sarah McLaughlin yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with her she's a Canadian singer she sings in the arms of yeah, the I'm angels <laughs> yeah so she had there's this whole Canadian celebrity campaign called this is our shot.ca and uh they were all these celebrities in Canada were wearing these shirts and even Biff Naked who's another Canadian celebrity who I was grateful to get to do a duet with back in the day she was pushing it too. And I, God bless her. I don't, I don't think she just, she hasn't researched it. So she didn't understand, but, but it, you know, it was just really sad to see people like Sarah McLaughlin, like pushing the vaccine and saying, you know, everybody should get vaccinated. It's like, and it goes to your point. It's like, well, what oh, about yeah, they're all research? Yeah. And, and so now like, I can't really, I find it really hard to listen to her music now. I don't know. Have you, have you noticed that too sometimes? Yeah, you know, um, I I do have a little bit of that. I I try just as part of my spiritual work, even though I mean, 
I certainly talk shit about a lot of people on my <laughs> Twitter, uh, the, mostly political cultists, because I think political, political cultists are destroying the world right now. Uh-huh. Um, but I try, I try to, to follow my teachers who have taught me that everyone is doing their best. You know, yes. even, even people that I look at, like they're doing their worst, that's like the best for them, right? And right. so I try just to have the grace that like, and, and understanding that like, um, I'm get, I, I have my beliefs and it's important for me to speak my truth and what I feel yep. is right. Um, and hopefully that will line me up with people who um, agree largely, but um, yeah. in, in the time that it doesn't, then, you know, it's, it's all good. We all have different journeys and paths, you know, that yes. where we are. So. No, that's very true. Yeah, it's very true. And this, and, and it actually is inspiring. There were actually a lot of people like even Nicki Minaj was speaking out against the vaccine. You know, there were. Yeah. And, and anytime they did though, you saw what happened. I mean, Nicki oh, yeah. didn't get out of that unscathed. I mean, no, she was clowned for like an, at least a week, uh, a full week <laughs> on different publications. So totally. yeah, they, the, the celebs that do dare speak out um, are usually. They're made fun of. I'm not, I'm not yeah. talking about just the, the few celebrities that openly admit they're conservative because they're a joke too. I'm not, I'm talking yeah. about ones that are like actually questioning, <laughs> you yes. know, um, establishment doctrine, you know, like they're, they, they're clearly shown that like, that's not what you do. <laughs> if yes. you want to maintain a career anyway. Totally. Yeah. I'm thinking of people like, um, Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, he really stuck, uh, stood to his values uh, stuck to his values. And, and, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Spanish singer, Miguel Bose. Mm-mm. He's like very famous in Latin America and, and he really spoke out against the vaccine and he's, he's kind of like a precursor to Ricky Martin. And of course they did the same thing in the, in the Latin media. They're like, this guy's crazy. He's senile. Don't listen to him. But, um, you know, and my thing is, Hey, I'm all about the vaccine. If y'all want to take the vaccine, take yeah, if the you want to take it. Yeah. 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 My, my, and that's, what's crazy is you're totally. making me to be the crazy person. No, I'm the moral person. I'm mm-hmm. the one who's saying, if you want to put it in your body, more power to you, sis. Yes. Don't, don't coerce, don't compel or threaten me by the gun of government because people think mm-hmm. that they're so moral to say, yeah, it's the law. It's the rule. You have to do it. What they're literally saying is like, I advocate men with guns come to your home and threaten mm-hmm. your life. If you mm-hmm. don't agree to injecting this um, experimental agent into your body. And totally. yet w- we are the crazy ones. Cause we're just saying, no, don't force me and my friends who want to keep their jobs to do this. Like, come on. Exactly. What is this clown world? No, I'm, I, I dissent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and amen. I don't consent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And yeah, the people, a lot of vaccinated people are like, well, you know, nobody ever forced anybody to get it. It's like, uh, hello, I got fired. I got terminated from five different yoga teaching jobs for, for not, uh, getting the vaccine. And one guy, actually a personal trainer at this country club, he got the first one and he had like myocarditis. He had some sort of thing. And the doctor's like, you can't get the second one. And then the club that we were teaching at fired him because he was, he only had one vaccine. (laughs) It's like, um, it's just crazy. And, and so really it it was coercion. And, uh, you know, some people like, for example, my nurse friends, a lot of them have mouths to feed and they didn't want to get the vaccine, but they had, they literally had to get it to continue to put food on the table for their babies. So people were, yeah, people were coerced. Anybody who says there was no conversion is just blowing hot air. 
Well, and not only that, back then they were coerced against what we now know are lies, you know, like, yeah. oh, that the vaccine actually stops this shit or, you know, right. like, oh, yeah. you don't, you don't, it, it, anyway, it, there's so yeah. many things that ended up not being. Um, yeah, safe and effective. Sure. Uh, that's that's actually a good point because, like, I I remember um, I don't know how the government like did this, but they put pamphlets in the mailboxes of I guess people who weren't yet vaccinated. So I got this pamphlet from the government, and they were just like, "Oh, get the vaccine. It's a hundred percent safe and effective. No side effects. Like all these lies." But I live right next to Canada Place where they were doing the the mass vaccination, and I literally saw people being pulled out, convulsing on stretchers, going into ambulances after being vaccinated. So I knew, I saw firsthand that this thing was not 100% safe and effective. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that's just I mean, an example. I didn't even have yeah. to see all that to know. You can intuit it. You, you yeah. could, if, I mean, if you were a person of integrity, you could intuit, you know, like mm, something in right in this, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So, but I, it clearly had to happen and it clearly is happening in humanity for a reason, just as a spiritual person. I'm like, yeah. even though I clearly use my voice for what I think is right, I do I have an understanding that like, even what we perceive as the negatives in humanity are helping us evolve. Yes. Because sadly, our, our experience as humans is predicated upon contrast like you can't know right. what you want until you experience what you don't want or know what you don't want right so totally. we know that we want peace because we experience war <laughs> we, yes. we know that that's not what we want you know so yes sadly it, I, yeah. I, I, yeah go no, ahead thank, i was gonna say it got so crazy maybe things had to get so cr crazy enough for a tipping <clears throat> exactly. point to be reached where even go. people who are uh, never questioning the system. Like I have got certain close people in my life. I, I can't, I don't want to mention names, but I have, I'll just say I've got close people in my life who are super allopathic. And even that, even they are like, no, I'm not wearing a mask again. No, I'm not getting my sixth booster. I like some of them stopped at two, some of them stopped at three, yeah. but a lot of people who I thought would never question the mainstream narratives yeah. are actually questioned because it got so crazy that yeah. so many people are like, Hey, something's not adding up. Exactly. So what's going to end up happening is that they're going to end up seeing that their plan was foiled because they got a little too in their ego and they got a little too fucking crazy with this shit. So <laughs> you're right. A lot of a lot of people are waking up and I think it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, I, uh, you know, sadly, we we live in a, you know, planet where that's how the things that's how things work, you know, like, yes, now that we now we have more clarity, like, okay, I hope anyway, like, whatever form this comes up again in the future where there's this huge attempt at a power grab globally <laughs> against people, hopefully we'll be a little, a little smarter. So totally. We'll see. It's funny. I was at a, um, a function, I'll say a function about a year <clears throat> and a bit ago and all these people quote unquote got COVID and they're all like vaccinated up the, up the yin yang. Um, or at least, you know, two, but most like three, four, whatever. And I was the only unvaccinated person. I was the only person who quote unquote, didn't get COVID. So I think that certain people who are at the party, like, wait a sec, you're not vaccinated and you're, you're fine. And we're all like, really sick. It's like, what? Something's yeah. not adding up. And I, and I, I didn't get it for over two years until I went to a conference and like everybody at the conference freaking got it. And then I got it and it was like, mm -hmm. wow, you, you sleep for three days and then you get through it. Like a lot of two, uh, like I also observed too that like this COVID thing gave people like an excuse to like be like as you you were talking about earlier like a victim like I'm, yes. I'm still seeing I'm still seeing posts on social media well guys 
I got my COVID diagnosis again. <laughs> oh and so God, it's like, yeah. it gave these people, I'm like, what is this? Yes. Like, this fucking Victim mentality. Well, I got my COVID diagnosis. No one cares. Exactly. Okay. 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 Cool. They just, they're looking for sympathy. They're looking for, yeah, and it, they're it's looking like, to feel special. And, special you know, Kelly, and like, yeah. Kelly yeah, Brogan says the only human pathology is victim consciousness. And that, I agree I, with that. And I would add shame. I would add shame on top of that. Shame and victim consciousness. 100%. Yes. Yeah. And they kind and, of melt yeah. together. Yeah. yeah and, they do. Oh, and back to the drama triangle. So there's the victim, the victim. So in the allopathic system, we are supposed to be the victims. The victimizer is our very own body and, and microbes. And then the savior is Pfizer <laughs> or, uh, you know, um, Dr. Fauci or, or, you know, mainstream Western uh, medicine. And what the whole thing about this Cartman drama triangle is every role is disempowering. Like we think that we think that the system is there to save us, but really it reeks of public health manipulation uh, biopolitics style. And, um, yeah, it just, that, that drama triangle thing always really stuck with me because it, it taught me that, you know, yes, there are great things about Western medicine, but a lot of it is, is really based in victim consciousness. Because mm-hmm. yeah. a patient cured is a customer lost. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I, but I think that this is an exciting time. What what does give me hope is that I know that this is exactly why I chose to incarnate on Earth at this yes. time. I know that I'm supposed to be playing a role in free, you know, advancing freedom in the planet. And Amen. I know that it's countries like Canada and the United States that are certainly the freest that exists in the world at this time. That we mm-hmm. we those of us that were born in these very unique not to say that they're special in any kind of way i don't want anybody getting it twisted Mm -hmm. none of us are any better than anyone because of the particular Mm -hmm. (laughs) national plantation we were born onto (laughs) but what i'm saying is certainly countries like canada and the united states are ahead of the game as far as liberty is concerned and Mm -hmm. i would like all of us that are born into these really fortunate positions to honor why we were born in these times honor Mm -hmm. the our ancestors that fought a tooth and nail and valiantly for our existence to be here today and mm. fight for all of your countrymen and people who like had stories and like had families and all of this like life formulated to like create your country and your cu- culture and communities and like mm. we need to hold on to that and just like bring back fires with our neighbors and Mm. Um, you know, realize that like, we're all like a lot more alike than we are, you know, um, mm. different. That's why I like, that's why I love sex and porn, because it's mm. showing us that porn is showing people like, Hey, sex isn't so scary. Like we were kind of raised to believe it was, ah, yes. you know? And so, you know, for me, I, sorry, I'm rambling, but no, anyway, this I want, I want this... us all to remember it's long story longer. I want us all to remember that like, we're all humans doing our best and we got to look out for each other and freedom Amen. is the way. And I think as long as we focus on that, you know, I think the world will be a better place. So 
I appreciate you having me on and chatting with me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And, that, and let, let me ramble. I'm, I feel like this is this this podcast is going to be a mess because I'm just talking no. in circles about random shit. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the free form, the free form podcast style. You know, it's like Joe Rogan. He just <laughs> rambles for like three hours. <laughs> you know? Hey, that's a pretty popular podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. So so yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really great way to to close to end the podcast with everything you said. It really is all about freedom. It's like I don't want. Uh, sameness. I want diversity. I want, you know, diversity yeah. is the basis of expansion. And I, all I really want is personal alignment. And when I am okay to look at porn and when I am okay with my sexuality, it's so much easier to be aligned with my true self and with God. And then from that place, I serve the world on such a deeper level because I've got a full cup and I'm feeling juicy. And, you know, one of my first teachers said, teach what you need and, sh- and share what you need. Um, and I feel like that's what your brand is all about. You are teaching and sharing what you need. And then it resonates with the millions of quote unquote yous out there. And that's why it's been wow. so successful. Well, thank you for such a kind observation. That's one of the highest compliments I've been given, Mr. Blunderfield. I appreciate it. Well, I mean it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very inspiring. You. And it's just great to see another brother who gets the whole value of same-sex erotic bonding. You know, I was just naked with one of my bros yesterday, deep in the forest. We were filming some new bro bonding technologies and you know he gets it and you know he he had just had sex with his uh, a new partner the night before and you know he he feels so much more juiced to to be intimate with it with the ladies after he does the same sex erotic bonding and I, you know i coach i coach these two british dudes on zoom and they're you know they wanted to learn some bro bonding techniques so we did one where we like got them naked and they put their rumps together and then they reached around and cupped each other's balls and then you know they went and had sex with their girlfriends after and they said they were just supercharged after that you know so i really want to hit home that same sex erotic bonding and opposite opposite sex erotic bonding are not mutually exclusive and they really inform and infuse with each other and they they create this really beautiful dynamic of enhancing polarity and that's that's what i really like about your brand is because you literally visually um showcase content that shows that good i love that mm-hmm. it's juicy. thank you will yeah and i i love your brand and what you're doing as you know um, thank you yeah so uh, it's fun it's definitely more fun than teaching at the country clubs (laughs) (laughs) right i bet i bet and probably paid not more much more nicely too so (laughs) yeah you know making more money now and and definitely feeling more aligned so thank you thanks bill gates thanks pandemic you know it's like as turbulent as it as it was like getting fired it has worked out well because i was able to use my time uh to create these online platforms and study with my teacher and learn more sexual kung fu and teach dudes these these uh amazing life-giving testosterone enhancing things yeah super dope man well i um i appreciate what you're doing in the world i am headed to go catch a restaurant before they close oh go eat yes have a beautiful rest of your night brother and where can people (laughs) find you online yeah um thanks i think the best place to find me is just by hitting up the fuck yeah friendly fire twitter or x.com yes uh, account which is just at f y friendly fire and that's fire with an f y e or f y r e i had to cool my my f y friendly fire f i r e got suspended so we had to. oh no (laughs) why was it suspended just did um I, I I don't even know back then. It probably sharing. I think it was like a 
sharing something with music in it or something. So I had like too many uh, uh, copyright violations or something. Oh, that's so annoying. Well, I'm glad you're back on there and you've got a, a nice, robust following. So yeah, go follow Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire on uh, Twitter and I'm or X and I'm excited to... Uh, to see what you're going to come up with next and maybe you'll start a sub stack. I'm, I'm sure the sky's the limit. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all your juicy offerings coming out. I can feel them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Will. I'm really honored that you would uh, have me on your podcast. Thanks for letting me be here. Thanks brother. Thank you so much for tuning into the Urban Yogi Podcast. And thank you, Trey, again, for being on the show. Head over to Fuck Yeah Friendly Fire on Twitter, also known as X, <laughs> for all of Trey's juicy content. And head over to willblunderfield.ca. I am the creator of the Wild Masculine Semen Retention Training, and I have a 2.0 course combining superfoods, semen retention, sex kung fu, and conscious ejaculation to completely rewild your body, mind, and soul and connect to brothers around the world doing the same. I look forward to our next episode. Lately, I, as you've heard, I've just been doing when I really find somebody super interesting as I do Trey, I ask them on the show. So if you guys have any guests from around the world that you would like me to interview, send me a message at willblunderfield uh, at gmail.com or at notwillblunderfield on Instagram and let me know let me know and i'm always looking for juicy new guests i'm just very discerning because you know my whole thing these days is act on your highest excitement and only do what you really want to do so hopefully that's helpful for you and i shall see you soon much love (laughs) 